Hey everybody, welcome into the show for today. Thank you so much for joining us here on this Monday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. I am your host, Joe Orico, and for those of you who have not already done so, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter. It's at JoeOrico99, that's J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. You follow me there, then you get all my threads that I post out, some of them daily, some of them weekly, other random thoughts, retweets, things like that. You'll get that, and you'll also get my show posted out uh, as soon as it goes up online. So follow me there for all my fantasy baseball content. That would be very much appreciated. Also, while you're listening, if you could just scroll down to the bottom of your podcast page, your Spotify, however you consume this podcast, and just leave a nice five-star review or some comments, whatever it is. Uh, We're trying to move up the search results here. Uh, We're still fairly early on in our existence, and we're trying to reach as many people as possible. So if you guys leave a nice review there at the bottom of the page, that will really help us to be seen by more people. That is it for the self-promo for today. Let's move into the baseball stuff. And for those of you who are possibly new listening to your first podcast, we're going to give you a little bit of a breakdown here. So it is a Monday show. So we are going to be looking ahead at two start starters for this week. That's a major thing uh, going to be going forward. We've done it in the past once or twice, but it'll be a regular segment on Mondays. We're going to look at starters who pitched twice this week and the ones that are worth adding, the ones that you shouldn't really bother with. There are obviously some that are already going to be on rosters, but we're going to be taking a look at everybody who's projected to start two times this week uh, for the most part, and we're going to be talking about their value and if if they're worth an ad. So that's one part of the show. We're going to look back over the weekend, uh, specifically a Sunday, and look at uh, game results, pitching matchups mostly. Uh, We'll also talk about any big performances that happened um, from position players as well as the pitchers. We will look ahead to today's games, specifically looking at the pitching matchups because a lot of ma- a lot of lineups are typically not released by the time I record the show. So we'll just be looking ahead at the pitching matchups. Then we tackle the waiver wire. We take a look at players who have been added and dropped in the most cases. Um, typically, we look at about 10 players who have been added, 10 players who have been dropped, the most popular names. And we evaluate if that is correct, if you should be adding and dropping those guys. And the last thing we do is a little DFS segment at the end. And for those of you who want a larger extended DFS segment, there is a DFS Today podcast that I also host for Sports Ethos. On the baseball side, obviously they do basketball shows, but I host it on the baseball side and we look at DFS stuff, uh, obviously for that night of baseball. So uh, enough rambling for me. That is pretty much the layout if you guys haven't been here before, or maybe you have and you just want to know where exactly, um, which part of the video is going to be what dedicated to what it's not the greatest english but you guys know what i'm talking about so uh, maybe we'll start off with that i usually start with a recap but let's start off with the two start starters for this week so there are some of them who are obviously going to be rostered in pretty much every league like chris bassett pablo lopez uh, joe ryan uh, Mackenzie gore as well trevor rogers these guys are rostered in pretty much every league dylan cease is another one they're not going to be very widely available now, there are some guys who do go a couple times this week who I think are fairly available and should be maybe not prioritized, but they should definitely be given a strong look in terms of an ad for this week. So the first guy we're going to look at is Bruce Zimmerman for the Baltimore Orioles. He has a start against Minnesota scheduled for tomorrow, and he's also scheduled to face Kansas City, both home matchups. So the Minnesota one is kind of tough. Minnesota has been not a bad team this year, especially uh, their pitching has been really good, but their lineup hasn't been bad either. So this might be a little bit of an iffy one for Zimmerman there. I feel a lot more confident on the May 8th start against Kansas City in using him there. 
it's it's an iffy play for both of them. Like I could I could be talked into using him on the third there, depending on how strong your pitching staff is, uh, how the lineup shakes out that particular day for the Twins. So I'm not opposed to using him in both situations. I would definitely use him on the eighth against Kansas City, assuming that there's no delays or changes to the schedule. Uh, the third is probably a little bit more iffy, but I still feel pretty okay about it. Um, let's talk about Marco Gonzalez, another kind of an iffy one, and it might not be a great week for him here. So he's going into Houston tonight. He's pitching up uh, against the Astros, and then later on this week, he gets Tampa Bay at home. Neither one of them is a really great start for him. If you have him and he's kind of fringy on your team, you're not sure if you really need to worry about Gonzalez, then this might be the time where, I mean, it's... It's not great matchups, right? A two-week, two-start week is always nice, but they're really bad matchups. So I'm not really, really confident in saying you got to hold him. He's a must-roster player. He has had some good outings recently, but I'm not really convinced that he's going to be that valuable this week. So if he is a fringy guy, I honestly might move on from him and maybe switch him for a guy like Chris Paddock because Chris Paddock has been kind of a surprise, but the last couple starts have been really good. He's especially uh, the most recent one he had against uh, who was it? It was the Tigers. Five and two thirds, struck out six. So he's got the Orioles tonight. And who would he be scheduled for in his second um, second matchup? I think it's the Athletics. He's projected. It looks like to face the Athletics. So that is a pretty strong ad, despite the fact that the Athletics have been a pretty decent team offensively. They've kind of come back around to where you'd expect them to be not so great. So Chris Paddock, if he's sitting on waiver wires, he's definitely someone I would go and add for this week. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Zach Grinke is going to be someone who's on rosters most of the time. I mean, maybe he was dropped in some leagues. He's not a bad play this week. So he goes today. No, excuse me. He goes today against St. Louis. And then he goes later in the week against Baltimore. So he's kind of a, another one who's not a bad option. If someone dropped him in your league, it's it's not a bad time to pick him up with the two starts. He's not obviously who he was. He's not who he once was. He's not going to really strike out anybody. But he's not a bad option if you're looking uh, specifically in a points league. I mean, I know the strikeouts are a major driver in points leagues. But if you're just looking to accumulate starts, then... He's definitely a better option there than I'd say in a category league. Uh, here's another interesting one is Herman Marquez. Now, he's kind of, I don't know, he's on some teams. Some guys really like Herman Marquez. Some guys don't think he's worth much. He's rostered in 51% of leagues so and on Yahoo. So he's about 50-50 guy. Uh, he starts tomorrow against Washington at home, and then he goes on the road against the Diamondbacks. He probably has the nicest schedule, maybe Chris Paddock, but it's probably Herman Marquez for the guys who have two starts this week. Washington, I mean, granted, course Field, yes, um, but Washington has been a very bad offense. On the other side, it's an away game against the Diamondbacks, and the Diamondbacks, not very great also, but they also have a very large home ballpark. So the home run risk is kind of mitigated uh, I mean, it's not so in Coors Field, but it's kind of made up for with the Arizona start. So it's kind of like a middle-of-the-pack week in terms of uh, ballpark factors. I would be I would be picking him up if he's available in one of your leagues. If you're going into a matchup or you're facing a guy who has uh, some tough pitchers this week, perhaps, I think he's worth an add. I think that he is 
worth an ad in those places where he has been dropped. And if you have him on your team, I think he's a definite must-start guy in these two appearances. A little bit more worried about Washington start, maybe, because it's at home and Coors Field. The ball can really carry there, obviously. But I think he's worth the risk. That's pretty much it for the guys who are not like very highly rostered. There are some other guys. Um, most of them don't really make sense to go over, though, like Chris Bassett and Pablo Lopez. Those guys are already on rosters. Uh, pretty much anybody who starts, this is a good little piece of piece of advice to remember going forward. Pretty much anybody who starts on Monday or Tuesday is going to have a two-start week. That's usually how it works. Now, there are going to be exceptions to that with off days. Uh, teams using six-man rotations, things like that are going to have an impact there a little bit. But for the most part, if you're pitching on a Monday or a Tuesday of a given week, you're going to have two starts that week. So just take a look. Look at your Monday and Tuesday lineups. See who's got those uh, green check marks beside their name or the green S whatever if you're on ESPN. And, you know, you can project that way as opposed to having to go through the entire schedule and look at every starter. You can project that way a little bit. So just make it a little bit easier on yourselves. Let's take a look a little bit at yesterday's games. Um Fairly packed slate, but we don't have to worry so much because today there's only, I think, eight games or nine games. So not a ton to go over in terms of today. So let's start looking at yesterday's matchups. It was a 9-5 Orioles victory over the Red Sox. And here I'm going to have to apologize because Nick Pavetta was someone that I recommended picking up yesterday, and he wasn't a great option. He wasn't terrible. Over four and a third, uh, he gave up three earned runs, struck out five, six hits. No walks, no home runs. He wasn't bad. I streamed him in a few leagues. I streamed him in uh, in points leagues mostly, but I two points leagues in one category league. I picked him up, and you know the points leagues he was all right. Sure, he gave me like I don't know thirteen points or something like that. It wasn't bad. He wasn't as good as I was expecting against the Orioles here. Um, it just wasn't their day. It wasn't his day. He didn't start off too badly the first three four innings were pretty good and then in the fifth it kind of fell apart for him and he gave up a lot of hits it's all right it happens he's not a great option if you picked him up the stream then you send him back to the waiver wire it was more of just a matchup advantageous Sunday kind of thing but you send him back to the wire today Uh, on the Orioles side Jordan Lyles was actually not too bad got the victory over six innings gave up seven hits one earned run uh, struck out six He's been not too bad this year, Jordan Lyles. His ERA is 4.5. It's not bad. He's not a fantasy asset per se. But he hasn't been too bad considering um, who he is, what I thought he was going to do. Let's – we're already getting technology crap. For those of you who haven't – for those of you who haven't listened to the show before, I typically deal with maybe one technical uh, malfunction throughout the show. There we go. We got it figured out. Twins and the Rays is the next game we're going to be looking at. And this is a bit of a surprise for me. Josh Winder for the Twins went six innings, struck out seven, and only gave up two hits. Really nice start on the road against the tough Rays team. Granted, they haven't been that tough this year uh, on the offensive side, but that's a really nice start for him. I don't think I'm going to be adding him because he's more of a long reliever, spa starter guy, but that's that's a really good outing from him. The Twins have the best uh, starting rotation ERA in, and for sure the American League, and I think maybe even in Major League Baseball. So I don't know that they're gonna mess around with the rotation too too much. I don't think that he'll be moved into the rotation. So I'm probably not gonna be using an add on Winder, but it's definitely somebody that you have to keep an eye on because uh, this is a very good start. So 
keep that in, in the back of your mind, put it in the back pocket, make a note of it that he had a really good start on the road against the Rays. But at this point, I can't really recommend adding him. Uh, the Rays used more of a bullpen day, uh, Josh Fleming, and then Robert Duggar came in and pitched five and a third in relief. That's probably going to be as much as you see this year, really, five and a third uh, innings in relief. He did strike out seven, not too bad, but uh, there's no fantasy play here. Let's keep going to the Padres and the Pirates. Uh, 5-2 victory for the Padres. Joe Musgrove was more classic Joe Musgrove here. Uh, seven innings, he gave up seven hits, one earned run, and struck out eight. Obviously, he's going to be one of the better fantasy assets this year uh, on the pitching side. Not too much to talk about there. Mitch Keller on the other side was okay. He gave up one earned run over uh, six innings. He gave up five hits. I'm totally fine with moving on from Mitch Keller, specifically if you're just in an NL-only league. But even in mixed leagues, he's not going to give you really much at all in terms of production. He's not going to give you many wins. He's not a massive strikeout guy. Uh, he's just not really the most appealing asset. So if you still have Mitch Keller, I would be very comfortable moving on from him. Let's talk about the Mariners and the Marlins. That was the next game. And another really good Logan Gilbert start. He wasn't as good as we'd seen in the first three or four starts of the year. But over five and two-thirds, he gave up three hits, one earned run, and struck out five. Uh, walking four there was probably his biggest downfall yesterday. He still got the victory, though. He's been one of the better pitchers in baseball through 28 innings. His ERA is .64. Obviously, that's not going to continue the whole year. But he is a really strong uh, a really strong player for, for Dynasty Leagues. And even for this year, I really like Logan Gilbert. Uh, I, we were hot on him going into the year, too. I wish I had talked about it more in the preseason because I really did like him. And I talked about it on Twitter a little bit. And I answered a couple of questions that other people posed on Twitter. Who do you think is going to break out this year? And Logan Gilbert was one of the guys that I really thought. So I wish I had talked about it more. I looked like a bit of a smarter guy than I do now. But in any case, he's having a great season. And he's someone who obviously has to be on rosters. Uh, he's that Going into the season, that might have been a little more of a questionable thing than it is than it is now. But he's obviously somebody who you have to roster. He's He's been brilliant. He's definitely someone, maybe not definitely, but for those of you involved in betting, he might be a decent bet to put a few bucks down for American League Cy Young. I don't really expect it. But if you just throw maybe a couple bucks down, I'm sure the odds are definitely nice at the moment. So it's uh, it's it's a chance if he keeps this up for sure. Let's talk about the Marlins. Uh, Sandy Alcantara had a really rough start here, over five and two-thirds. Gave up six hits and five earned runs. Obviously not what we want from Alcantara. But even with a bad start, his ERA is only a 2.9. So we're not really worried about him there. Uh, there's not really much to worry about on the fantasy side in this game. Um, Julio Rodriguez hit his first career home run, which is nice. He's got nine steals in 21 games. He's a massive steals guy, man. That's If you have him on your team, then he's so far probably one you steals pretty much every week. So really nice asset to have there uh, in terms of speed. Let's keep going with the Cubs and the Brewers. It was a 2-0 Cubs victory, and this was the parlay breaker for me yesterday. Uh, I was, I think I went. I think it was six out of seven games hit, and then this was the one that didn't. So Marcus Stroman, uh, seven innings, two hits, and five strikeouts got the victory. Really nice outing from him here, and this is why I was saying earlier on when he was being dropped like crazy. You can go back and listen to the shows. I was saying don't drop Stroman. It doesn't make sense to drop him. He's shown us in the past that he can have very productive fantasy seasons, albeit with not like crazy high strikeout numbers, but he can be a productive guy. 
on a not bad team. The Cubs aren't a bad team. They're kind of middle of the pack. It's not great, but he can still win you more than 10 games probably. So that's why you held because he has a start like this every now and again. Now, you'd like to have it happen a little bit more often than it does, sure. But you hold. Holding Stroman, absolutely. Obviously, after this start. But if you had dropped him before, if he'd been dropped, then go pick him up in your league. He's not someone who should be on waiver wires. On the other side of things, Corbin Burns took an unfortunate loss here, going seven innings, striking out ten, giving up four hits and two earned runs. Obviously, not great to see him take the loss, but it's it's a pretty solid start over seven innings. You give up two earned runs, you're going to win a lot of the time, especially striking out ten. You can definitely live with that as a fantasy manager, so not much to really worry about there. Uh, the next game we'll talk about is the Yankees and the Royals, and it was a 6-4 to four Yankees victory. Luis Severino was not quite as sharp as you maybe have hoped for him going in, especially on a Sunday. Five innings, he gave up seven hits, four runs, three of which were earned, and he struck out four. Not terrible, not great from Severino. Um, You just move on, hope to have a bit of a better outing next time. In terms of the bullpen, we had another nice performance from Michael King, an inning and two-thirds with two strikeouts. I talked about him on Twitter today. I think that he can be somebody who is a good ratio slash strikeout guy. So I think he's possibly worth an ad, depending on what your bullpen looks like. But he's he's very interesting, definitely very interesting. Our oldest Chapman did end up uh, with the save. And don't look now, but our oldest Chapman through uh, 11 games this year has yet to allow an earned run. So very nice stuff out of Chapman, despite being kind of an iffier guy at points throughout last year, year before. He's definitely had his ups and downs, but it's nice to see, especially for fantasy managers, that he's having a good start here. On the Kansas City side, we had Daniel Lynch have not a bad performance here. I was a little worried about using him in general, especially on a Sunday against the Yankees, but he wasn't too bad. He probably didn't hurt you too badly unless you were in a very tight ERA matchup, then maybe he did, giving up the three earned runs. But he was a pretty safe guy uh, in terms of yesterday. Now, I wasn't recommending it for sure, but he turned out to be not too bad. Not really much else to talk about other than the fact that Aaron Judge has been on an absolute tear. I think he has seven homers in his last eight games. He has been ridiculous. Uh, nothing you can really do. You're not going to really sell too high on him because he's pretty high draft pick to begin with. I mean, if someone wants to give you back a first round player like Jose Ramirez or Trey Turner or something, then by all means, but I doubt that's going to happen. So just hold and enjoy the production. Let's move on to the next game, the Angels and the White Sox. And uh, this one was a huge surprise for me. Michael Lorenzen worked into the ninth inning here. <laughs> like, who who would have thought that? Who who could have predicted that going in? And if it wasn't for that ninth inning, they probably kept him out there a little too long. Not probably. They did keep him out there a little bit too long. This line would look a lot nicer. So, eight and a third, nine hits, three earned runs. Only the two strikeouts, which is not great. But, you know, eight and a third... You, you're not expecting him to go have that kind of length in the game. He did get the victory, which is nice, especially, as I said, it was a Sunday. You're fighting for your matchups. You're fighting for your you're fighting for your categories, right? I'm not sure if you guys mostly play in individual category wins where if you win six categories, that counts for six wins, or you just need to win the majority of categories in the week for some leagues, and then you get one win for the whole week. Diff- lots of different kinds of formats. Either way, getting a win on a Sunday like that is very nice. So he'll take it. Mike Trout continued to be very hot. He went uh, two for two, uh, walked three times, had three runs, also hit a home run. And he is 
he's Mike Trout again, guys. Everybody was worried heading into the year a little bit. That, eh, he's Mike. He's injury prone. Who knows if he's still going to be Mike Trout? But he's batting three forty four through nineteen games. He passed Ken Griffey Jr. yesterday for career WAR. That's pretty remarkable. He's played like half the games that Griffey did. Griffey's considered one of the greats, like especially in the outfield. How many outfielders are considered better than Griffey? Like. I don't know, like top, he's in the top 10 for sure. And then you got Trout already passing him in war here. Trout is what, 29? He's 30. Like, Jesus. I, I'm i a huge Mike Trout stan. I am a massive Mike Trout fan. I always have been. So I, I love to see good production out of him. I only have one share of Mike Trout this year too. I only have one points league, one ESPN points league, where you don't even really get full value uh the way that they score points is kind of strange a little bit on ESPN. I'm not I'm I'm not a massive ESPN fantasy fan. I just feel like they don't give you proper value back when looking at massive games. You know, a guy could have two home runs in the game and he gives you like eight points back or something. It just doesn't seem enough. You know, it doesn't seem like enough. Anyway, let's move on. Well, we can talk if you guys have want to talk about uh, different formats and stuff. Then hit me up on Twitter. We'll, I'm always open to talking there. Let's move on to the next game here. Diamondbacks and the Cardinals. It was a 7-5 Cardinals victory. And, you know, Jordan Hicks, I don't think he's going to be able to have much value this year. They just don't let him get stretched out at all. He never throws more than, like, 60-ish pitches. I mean, maybe they're just they're taking their sweet time with him for sure. I don't think he's really worth holding on to. Uh, if you do have him, then go ahead and get rid of him. Uh, Harrison Bader, Nolan Arenado hit home runs. Uh, the real interesting thing not that it's going to be I, – I don't really know how this is going to work. But Ryan Helsley has been really nice out of that Cardinals bullpen through seven games. He's pitched eight in the third inning, struck out 16. He got the save yesterday. He's looked really nice. So uh, he might be worth an add. Uh, he probably is worth an add in all honesty. I'm just trying to think. Like It really depends on your league format. It really depends on – on your closer situation, I'm not, I don't know a ton about the guy. So I, it's tough for me to, to really say what kind of value he's going to have. But he's a nice stash with potential to be everyday closer guy going forward. Closer guy, listen to me. He definitely has potential to be the closer with, um, you know, their bullpen really struggled. The first three guys they sent out of the pen yesterday all gave up, all gave up runs. So I don't think they have a ton of faith in their pen. A guy like this who I think he reached 103 miles an hour, mind you. He's really valuable. He's going to be really valuable for them on a baseball level. In terms of fantasy level, I think that he's worth a stash. I think he is worth stashing. Specifically, if you're a little bit light on strikeouts and saves, he's, he's going to be worth it. Let's keep going here. The next game we'll look at is the Rangers and the Braves. And we had Taylor Hearn earn his first victory of the season. He went five innings, uh, gave up four hits, two earned runs, struck out six, and walked three. He's been, I think, better than the numbers show as ERA 653. Obviously, doesn't look very appealing. I think he has been a bit better than that, but I'm not going to be really, uh, really worried about adding him in fantasy leagues. Um, he's just, I don't know, he's not consistent enough. In watching him pitch, I think he's better than this, but he's he's not really someone you need to worry about adding. 
Uh, on the Atlanta side, not a great outing from Kyle Muller. Over two and two-thirds, he gave up seven earned runs, four hits. Uh, he walked six. That was a huge issue for him there. Not somebody you're going to have to worry about either uh, on the fantasy side, really. Let's keep it going here. Uh, the next game was a surprise for me <clears throat> a little bit. The Rockies beat the Reds 10-1. to And not surprising that the Reds lost, but surprising in the fact that Kyle Freeland had a really nice outing. And I say that because he hasn't really been very good so far this year. The Rockies did give him a nice big contract extension, so they had faith in him. And, you know, he was pretty good here. He was very good, actually. Over seven innings, he gave up only four hits and one earned run. He only struck out four, but that's all he really needed. He got the victory here. I'm not really too interested uh, going forward. This was against... Definitely like the worst team in baseball at the moment. So it was kind of expected maybe that he was going to do better than than you would have thought. I don't, I don't know. I don't I don't really like him very much. And I think people will be fooled a little bit by this. It was against the Reds. Don't read too much into it. it he, he's not really someone who's going to be worth picking up. I just don't have a lot of confidence that he'll have rest of season value. There might be odd starts like this where you can stream him where he'll have decent value. But he's not somebody that I like uh, that I like too much, really. He's just not that consistent. <clears throat> uh, he's definitely more consistent than this other guy we're about to mention, Raver Saint Martin. He has been terrible this year. Over two thirds of an inning yesterday, he gave up six hits, six earned runs. He walked a couple of guys. Obviously, not someone you need to be worrying about on the fantasy side. Let's keep it going with the Nats and the Giants. Eleven to five, Nationals victory here, and Josiah Gray <clears throat> was very good. He is going to be a star pitcher in this league eventually. I think we're probably like a year away from that still, a year or two away. But he's really good. Uh, over six innings, he only gave up one hit here. Three strikeouts and four walks was maybe the most surprising thing, that he walked four and only struck out three. But he's really solid, really solid ad if he's still available. Uh, rest of season and <clears throat> obviously going forward in uh, future years, he will have a lot of value, Josiah Gray. He was the centerpiece of the Max Scherzer trade. And you know they wouldn't have traded Scherzer without getting back uh, some serious value. So they got back him and Cabert Ruiz. Those were the major pieces. And Gray looks to be like he is a future stud. So go grab him if he's still sitting on your waiver wires. On the other side, this was a bit of a a shocker here from Alex Cobb. He got really rocked around here. He only made it through two-thirds of an inning, gave up five runs. Only one of them was earned. There was some error stuff. Uh, There was one error, actually, that led to this. Didn't strike out anybody, walked three. It was rather a nightmare if you started him, and he may have cost you uh, your week. Although probably not, only the one earned run. He probably didn't cost you your week, but it was a rough start nonetheless for a Sunday. Uh, On the batting side, on both, both sides here, there's not really too much to go over. Let's keep it going with the Guardians and the Athletics. It was a 7-3 to Guardians victory. Tristan McKenzie is another guy who I was kind of big on going into the year. And he's been pretty good. Over six in the third yesterday, only gave up four hits. He struck out seven and walked one. Through five games and four starts, his ERA sits at 2.7. Struck out 24 in 23 innings. I think he's capable of a much better strikeout ratio than that. But so far, you got to like what you've seen from him. Uh, he's sitting on waiver wires, then I think he should be added in most cases. Not in the shallowest of leagues, maybe, in eight-team leagues. But 10, 12, uh, 10, he's kind of iffy, I think. But 12-team leagues and deeper definitely should be added. On the other side, James Caprilin, I think it was yeah, it was his first outing of the year. He only went two innings, gave up four in runs. He's not going to be someone I really have a ton of faith in this year. He wasn't too bad last year, 
but he's not someone I'm going to be worrying about too much on a very poor athletics team. In terms of the batters, not really too much to go over. Uh, pretty much what you would expect from these guys. Uh, Stephen Kwan has come back, and he's been not too bad. He's been back for a couple of games now. He's got a couple of runs, a couple of hits. He was dropped quite a bit. I, I think he should have been held on to for a while. If you're still one of those guys who's holding, I would continue to hold Stephen Kwan. Uh, not really too much else to go over here. Let's keep it going. The next game is the Dodgers and the Tigers, and it was a 6-3 Dodgers victory. And it was Walker Buehler going five innings, giving up six hits and striking out five. Maybe you would have hoped for a little bit more. I, I know he was a shutout performance, but only over five innings. You would have hoped for a little bit deeper, perhaps, against the Tigers. Nonetheless, you'll take a victory here. Five strikeouts over five innings is a little bit low for him, but it's fine. Uh, Craig Kimbrell got his fourth save of the year. Uh, that's pretty much it for the Dodgers side. On the Tigers side, Miguel Cabrera hit his first home run of the year. Not going to be too many of those, but he's actually not been a bad player this year. He's averaging 258. It's not terrible. I mean, considering where he used to be, it's not great at all. But for this stage of his career, he's been not bad. I have him in one deep points league. I roster him, and he's actually not been too bad. So there are situations where you can still hold Miguel Cabrera, and he's not going to hurt you. On the pitching side here, uh, Erod, really not great. You weren't expecting great against the, the, the Dodgers, but over five and two-thirds, six runs, four of them were earned. He struck out five. He's not someone who's going to be that great. We've said it every after every start of his throughout the season. We've said Eduardo is probably not somebody who is a must-hold guy. If there is a hot pickup on the waiver wire, then by all means, drop Rodriguez and go pick him up because Rodriguez is not going to have too much value. He's never been a great fantasy asset. We talked about that in some of our mock draft shows and some of our uh, player analyses before the season, that he's never really had a great fantasy year in his career. And his situation went... Not very good in terms of going from Boston to Detroit. So I'm not too interested in holding on to him. In deep, deep leagues, perhaps, you can hold on to him. But uh, it's not a priority for me. Last game of the night, Sunday Night Baseball, was the Mets and the Phillies. And it was a 10-6 Mets victory. A lot more high-scoring game than I was expecting here. Uh, a couple of home runs from Kyle Schwarber and one from Bryce Harper. And in the ninth inning home run from Johan Camargo from the Phillies. On the Mets side, we did not have a home run, but they scored 10 runs. So very nice stuff there. Max Scherzer threw six innings and, you know, not great for him. Four earned runs, nine strikeouts. I was watching the start. I was watching the game and he looked pretty good. He struck out the first five batters he faced. Uh, if it wasn't for the long balls, the outing would have been a lot nicer. Obviously, he is a top fantasy asset. There's not too much you can really say about Max Elite strikeout numbers. He's going to be winning a ton of games. Obviously, one of the better arms in baseball. Not too much really needs to be gone over there. Zach Eflin on the other side is kind of an iffy ad going forward for me. An iffy roster guy. Through four and a third, he gave up eight hits, six runs. Five of them were earned and only three strikeouts. He's definitely an iffy guy. I can see him having value in deeper leagues, but uh, he's not like a priority. So, I understand moving on from him as well, but I think he has potential to do better than he did yesterday. So that gets us through yesterday's games. Let's take a look at today's matchups starting in the afternoon here with Zach Grinke and Steven Matz facing off for the Royals and the Cardinals respectively here. Zach Grinke has been really good uh, despite only striking out six guys through 22 innings. His ERA is 2.86. He's only walked three, so he's keeping the strikeouts down, but he's also keeping the walks down. 
He's an interesting play today, but it's a little little bit risky here against the Cardinals. So he's not somebody that uh, he's not a must start guy today by any means. I don't think he should be on waiver wires. If he's been dropped, then go pick him up. But this is maybe a bit of a tough outing here, uh, daytime outing against the Cardinals. I'm not a crazy fan of using him today. Steven Matz is probably an okay option. It's a Monday, right? So your categories are all sitting at zero. You're not really sure how the week's going to shape up. And your Monday, Tuesday starts can really dictate how your pitching categories are going to look for the week. That being said, I think Matz has a good matchup here against the Royals. They're not a very good team. He has struggled despite his uh, decently high strikeout numbers this year. But he had a very good year last year. He is better than what he has been this year. I'm fairly confident starting him today against the Royals. It's not, not, not again, not a must-start guy. But if you have him and you're starting uh, and you're rostering him, then I feel okay then putting him in the starting lineup today. Using an ad on him, I don't know about, but if you already have him, then I'm I, uh, completely okay with starting him in that situation. The next game is the Angels and the White Sox. And this one should be pretty good. Dylan Cease and Patrick Sandoval, very good pitching matchup. Sandoval has yet to allow an earned run through 15 innings. He struck out 20 and walked six. Very good stuff from him. The White Sox have not been a good team this year, so it seems to be a pretty good matchup for him there. The Angels have been very good this year, surprisingly. So Dylan Cease it might be uh, might have a tough time here. The top half of the, the Angels lineup has been very good this year. So Dylan Cease might get a bit of a hard time against the Angels. I still feel pretty safe starting him, though. I still feel pretty safe. It's, it's a little iffy. Again, on a Monday, you're kind of setting the tone for your week with who you start and who you sit. But... I think I feel pretty safe starting him here. Let's move on. Um, this is a really good pitching matchup as well. Diamondbacks and Marlins. We have Zach Allen and Pablo Lopez. Combined, if you put their ERAs together for the year, they're under one. 0.6 for Gallon, 0.39 for Lopez. Lopez is definitely someone to invest in uh, Cy Young stock at this point. Very cheap. The odds are still pretty good, and he's been fantastic. So definitely okay to start here. This is probably going to be... A fantastic outing for him, I would imagine. Going up at home against the Diamondbacks, it, it's a great situation for him. So really confident starting Lopez today. Zach Allen, also pretty confident here. The Marlins are an okay team. They're not a great team. They've been pretty good this year, but they're not a great team. I feel pretty good starting Zach Allen. Zach Allen, before last year, he had always been a very good fantasy player. And he's returned to form this year. <clears throat> so I feel very confident starting him against the Marlins today. Not too many games left. We've already made it through half, half of the slate. There's only eight today. Uh, we'll keep going here with the Twins and the Orioles. And Chris Paddock, we already talked about here. Really like him in this situation. If he is on waiver wires in your league, I would go pick him up. On the other side, Tyler Wells is not somebody I'm going to be interested in using. In fact, in DFS, we'll talk about it a little bit here later. Uh, I'm going to be targeting some Twins guys in the lineup because I don't have a lot of faith in Tyler Wells. So I'm going to feel pretty good about using Twins today. Uh, Paddock should be picked up. Absolutely, Paddock should be picked up. The next game, really good outing, uh, really good starters here. Max Fried and Chris Bassett for the Mets and the Braves. There's no move to be made here. You're starting both of these guys, and you're hoping you're hoping for good outcomes because both of these offenses can be pretty good. I feel pretty good starting both of them, but there is also that chance um, that both of these offenses can explode. They are both very good. So you have to keep that in mind, but these guys are obviously rostered. They're obviously going to be started today. So don't need to spend too much time on them. Mariners and the Astros is the next game. Marco Gonzalez and Jake Odorizzi. I mentioned Gonzalez earlier when I was talking about the two-start guys of the week. 
And he's been pretty good, but he has a tough week here coming up. So I'm not sold on starting him on the road against the Astros. Again, it's Monday. So everything is kind of fresh. You get to set the tone for your week with who you start, who you sit. It's an iffy one here. If you're really confident in your pitchers, then go ahead. If you're kind of iffy, you need to pick your spots, you need to pick your matchups, then I don't think this is a matchup that you should be targeting. Uh, Jake Odorizzi on the other side, he's someone who I don't really have a lot of faith in in years past or this year. I feel pretty good using Mariners players against him tonight. I, I just don't think he... I don't think he's much of a fantasy asset. I don't think he's I don't think he's a great pitcher, really, Jake Odorizzi. So I feel pretty good using Mariners guys tonight. <clears throat> Gonzalez is is an iffy one, is a really iffy one. Again, evaluate your pitching, see how you think the week is gonna go. And again, and again, that can also be a futile exercise because there's a lot of variables, obviously. Games get delayed, starts get pushed back. So you might think you guys starting against one team, they're starting against another team. You may think they're starting on Sunday, it gets pushed to Monday. Things like that happen. So it can be hard to evaluate your week this early. Think about your starts, your projected starters, and think about how Marco Gonzalez will impact your stats. That's all I'm going to say on him. Uh, Just be careful and know your pitchers, know your team when you're using him. The last start of the evening is also an interesting pitching matchup. Drew Rasmussen and Dalton Jeffries. And Jeffries has actually been pretty good this year. Through 19 and a third innings, his ERA is 3.26. For a very poor athletics team, they, they haven't been that bad. They started off pretty good, but they're not a good team, and he's been pretty okay for them. He's an interesting start here. I'm not sold again, but the Rays have not been a great team. So it's not it's not outrageous to start Jeffries tonight. I think Drew Rasmussen is a very solid start tonight, however. I think Rasmussen, uh, if he's been dropped, he should be added for tonight at least. You evaluate how he's going to do, or you evaluate how he's going to do. You evaluate how he did tonight once you're looking back tomorrow if you did add him, and then you decide whether or not you're going to hold on to him or just use him as a streamer. But I think he's someone who should definitely be on rosters for tonight. Okay, let's move into the waiver wire portion here. We're going to look at some of the more added and dropped players and what I am uh, thinking going forward for those guys. So the first guy is Helsley. We already talked about. Uh, I think he's a good ad. I think he's he's going to be kind of iffy. Uh, you might not get a ton of saves out of him right away, but you'll get high strikeout numbers and a, a really strong possibility that he takes over the closer role. So I, I I don't mind adding Helsley, especially in deeper leagues. He's a must a must guy in like sixteen team in deeper leagues. I would say or in very deep rostered leagues. Uh, category league specifically, but I understand stashing him. He's been really good and he throws really hard. So I don't mind stashing him even in a slightly shallower format. Uh, Sheldon, I think it's noisy. I think he pronounces it noisy. I don't watch a ton of athletics games, but he's been really good. He's been like a five category contributor to this point and he's inside the top hundred. So I don't mind adding him. I don't know that it'll be rest of season kind of value, but if you want to ride him while he's on a bit of a hot streak, then by all means, uh, Batting average close to 330 for the season. And he's been consistently like the number two hitter for Oakland. So they're not a great team, but if you're batting at the top of that lineup, then there's a chance uh, that he'll have some value. He's definitely more valuable than Tony Kemp at the moment. So if there's the two of them are up for debate, if you're going to add one or the other, I would add Noisy. Uh, Max Kepler has also been added quite a bit. He's hit a few home runs this last week. He had four home runs over the last week, which is obviously very valuable. I don't see him being a massive contributor going forward. I see him as more of a streamer, power specialist kind of guy. 
if you only have three outfield slots, then I don't think you can add Max Kepler. Uh, let's keep talking about pitching here. Uh, Drew Rasmussen, we already mentioned him. Good option for today. Very good option. Chris Paddock is another one who should be rostered. He's, I'm not going to say must roster, but he's pretty close at this point. A couple of good starts in a row, a couple of good matchups coming up. You should go and add him. Harrison Bader is more of a deep league guy slash steel specialist kind of guy. Um, but he's in a very good lineup. I do like Harrison Bader. So uh, more of a deeper league guy for me, though. Steven Matz is a good option today against Kansas City. We already talked about him. Interesting to add, maybe not, <clears throat> maybe not an ideal way to use a Monday ad, especially if you only have four ads of the week. But if you already have him, then he's a good option for today. Uh, MJ Melendez, he is a catching prospect who's been called up by the Royals. If you have a two-catcher format in your league, then go and add him by all means. If you have um, just one catcher, but maybe you have a, a, one of the lower-end catchers in the league, then he's not a bad stash option as well. I don't know that he'll have a ton of playing time off the bat, but the power potential is really there. He had more than 40 home runs in the minors last year. Uh, really interesting guy there. Michael King, we talked about already. He's an interesting ratio slash strikeout guy for the Yankees. I'm not opposed to adding him in most leagues, depending. I mean, I wouldn't be dropping established closers for him because he's not really going to be a closer guy. But he'll help you out with strikeouts and he'll help you out with your ratios. Now, in terms of the most dropped players, you're mostly going to see uh, starters from yesterday. Alex Cobb has been dropped quite a bit. I don't agree with that. I would hold on to Alex Cobb. He's had a tough go of it early on, but he's much better than what we've seen. So I wouldn't be dropping Alex Cobb just yet. James Caprillon was probably added, or Caprillon, I'm not really sure how that one goes. He was probably added more as a stream for yesterday. He can be a back-end guy, but I don't have any problem dropping him, really. Uh, Nick Pavetta also been dropped. Yes, go ahead, drop him. Zach Eflin, iffy, back-end kind of guy. I'm not in love with him, but I, I understand dropping him here. Josh Lowe has unfortunately been sent down to the minor leagues. Kind of sucks if you drafted him. If you spent a lot of fab money on him, that really sucks. I saw a lot of people on Twitter, uh, mostly in like NFBC, National Fantasy Baseball Championship Leagues. People spent a lot of money on him, and now he is in the minors. And really rough, really rough go of it if you picked up Lowe, especially if you had to pay for him with fab money. Early in the year, I, I, I'll be honest, I was advocating picking him up at five-category potential, everyday spot in the outfield there. I thought he was going to be a better pickup than he was. So disappointing, uh, we'll throw him in the Jared Kalanick, Alex Kirloff category of haven't quite blossomed prospects yet. So yes, you go ahead and you drop him. Jordan Hicks, yes, he's been dropped quite a bit. Uh, Daniel Lynch has been dropped quite a bit. Jake McGee is also being dropped quite a bit, and he doesn't really have much of a closer role in San Francisco, so I understand dropping him. Trevor Bauer has also been suspended, or it's been suspended, been dropped because he has been suspended. Yeah, I was going to say uh, to maybe wait and see how this appeal process works out, but even with the appeal, if it gets shortened, the suspension, which, I mean, it probably will. It was a pretty long suspension, two years, two whole years. I haven't seen a suspension like this in sports in my life, really, other than like a lifetime ban. This is a long punishment. And I find it really interesting, just to break off for a second here, the differences between Deshaun Watson in the NFL and Trevor Bauer. How Deshaun Watson has been welcomed back with open arms and given $250 million contract, or Trevor Bauer has essentially just been excommunicated from baseball. 
similar kind of stories. I know the details differ. Uh, let me know what you guys think on Twitter because I'm actually really interested on in this one. Why there is such a difference with what happened with Deshaun Watson and Trevor Bauer. I know there are legal intricacies that are impacting the process, but I, I see them both being in the same kind of boat. If the sports world is going to welcome back one of them, they should welcome back both. If they're not going to welcome back one, they shouldn't welcome back either. I think they're in the same kind of boat here. To be honest, I'd probably lean towards not having them back just based on what I've heard, what's been, what's gone down. It seems, it seems like what we have heard is fairly accurate. I, you can't really ever know for sure. No one will ever really know for sure. But I just find it very strange the differences in these two similarly talented athletes, both at the top of their respective positions, both going through similar legal troubles. And now, and neither of them went through criminal prosecution. I don't believe that there are going to be any uh, criminal charges against Bauer. There's not going to be against Watson. So I don't really understand the difference, but if anybody can point that out, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there is a massive difference that I'm missing. They seem to be fairly similar overall general cases, so I don't understand the massive difference in the punishment. And maybe that's the difference is Rob Manfred versus Roger Goodell. I don't know. I find it very strange. But all that to say that, yes, Trevor Bauer can be dropped. Uh, he's not going to play this year unless there is some miracle in this appeals process. I don't really see it happening. It is possible, but I don't see it happening. So go ahead and drop Trevor Bauer. Pick up the hot, pick up a hot free agent. Let's talk a little bit about DFS here. And uh, we talked about it a little bit last week, but I actually can't give out my DFS lineups Going forward, I've done it in the past and my show, my, my company, Sports Ethos, has told me not to do that. You risk being banned by the providers, by the DFS providers. So I can't be doing that anymore. So I'll just be talking a little bit about matchups that are favorable for tonight. And I'll talk about some of the guys that I'm going to be targeting in certain spots. But I can't actually give you, these are my pitchers, this is my catcher, first baseman, yada, yada, yada. I can't do that. So we'll just be talking to more general strategies and advantageous matchups. And again, I will get into this a lot more on the DFS Today podcast, which will also be airing today. Come out a little bit after this one, but if you want to hear a bit of a more advanced breakdown, it'll be over there. So pitchers I'm targeting are Chris Paddock. We've already talked about him at, at great length. It's a great matchup, and he's not very expensive here at $36. I'm looking at the night slate because there's not a ton of games uh, going on during the day. There's two games during the day. And then the majority of the games take place uh, tonight. So Chris Paddock is definitely one of the better options to use tonight. Jordan Montgomery is interesting against Toronto, but probably going to stay away there. Um, Drew Rasmussen is also very interesting here on the road against Oakland. There's not really like high much in terms of high value. There's two pitchers over $40. Max Fried and Chris Bassett, they're going up against one another. So it's a little tough to use those guys, especially with, the knowledge that you can't get more than one win out of the both of them. If you're going to go that route, I'd probably say uh, Chris Bassett is the better guy to go with because of how hot the Mets have been. But I'm not really going for either of those guys tonight. In terms of the matchups I'm going to be playing for, um, you're going to be wanting to deploy Twins and Mariners tonight as far as I see it. 
I don't have a lot of faith in Tyler Wells or Jake Odorizzi. And I think if you can exploit those matchups, I, I feel very good about that. So right-handed batters on the Twins and right-handed batters on the Mariners, I would feel very good about. Sorry, did I say right-handed batters? I, if I said right-handed, I meant left-handed batters because these guys are both right-handed pitchers. If you have left-handed batters on those guys in, in your season-long formats and as well on the DFS side, they should have good nights tonight. Uh, I'm fairly confident in those guys as a whole anyway. If you want more of a breakdown, go listen to the DFS pod and we'll get into it in a little bit more depth. That will do it for us today, guys, in terms of this show. Thank you for tuning in for the, on this Monday. Uh, we'll hit you back with another show tomorrow. We will have the guests uh, one day delayed this week. It won't be on Wednesday. It'll be on Thursday, just a scheduling thing. So we will have uh, we'll have the Thursday show be our guest show. And uh, that will pretty much do it. We'll give you the handles one more time on Twitter. You guys can find me at JoeOrico99. That's at J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. Also, go ahead and give Ethos Fantasy BB a follow. That's where this show is posted out from directly every day. If I forget to post it one day or if I am a little delayed, then you get it from Ethos Fantasy BB. And as the season goes on, we hope to expand our MLB content. So we hope to give you more and more stuff on that channel as well as on my own. Guys, thank you for being here with us. We will see you again tomorrow. Everybody take care. Cheers. Cheers.